Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 2269. Today our topic is one of my favorites, car care. Grab your cloth, grab your buffer, and get ready to bring on your shine. Be prepared to be inspired. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Today I'm in beautiful Draper, Utah, with a very special guest by the name of Bill Crawley. Bill, welcome to Cars Yeah. Do you have any gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? Yes, I am. I'm grinding a little bit. I think it's good. We're going to be talking a little wax on, wax off, polish on, polish off, all that here, because as you listeners know, I love car care. And today we're going to be talking with Bill about his car care company. But before I give you an introduction and we dive into this, what's one little thing about you, Bill, that maybe most people don't know? That I go to bed dreaming about driving different cars. <laughs> well, okay, you're on cars, yeah. That's kind of the norm <laughs> around here. Yeah, so maybe maybe that's one thing my wife doesn't know. She thinks I'm just falling asleep and look content, but yeah. I'm always I'm always taking another car through the gears, figuring out what it would be like. You know, I've always tried it. It doesn't really work falling asleep. If I want to dream about something, to just lay there before I fall asleep and. Think about it intently, hoping it will develop into some crazy dream, like driving an F1 car, you know, at Spa or something like that. But um, my wife says I fall asleep in about eight seconds, so maybe that's the problem. I don't have enough time to think about it. (laughs) You're a lucky man if that's how quick it comes to you. Good for you. Yeah, lucky me. Well, that's cool. That's cool. Well, let me give you a proper introduction. Bill Crawley is the founder and CEO of Lithium Auto Elixirs, a company that makes uniquely formulated detailing products. He first fell in love with cars and business when he was just 16 years old. He bought an old CJ5 Jeep. And he had to tow home. He fixed it up. And uh, that Jeep, which he bought for 500 bucks, he sold for 5500 bucks. And a little bell went off in his head and said, hmm, maybe I can make some money fixing up cars. And with that money, he bought his first Porsche. Bill kept buying, fixing, and flipping cars until it led to his first business, publishing a magazine about selling exotic cars. And over the next 30 years, there have been a half dozen companies. Some were awesome. Maybe some were more experimental. However, when Bill sold his last company in 2020, he decided to get back to what he loved the most, and that was cars and caring for them, which led to his current business. He took what he learned about formulating chemicals and starting companies and proceeded to ruin just about every saucepan in the house, perfecting the products. I can relate to that. And that has become Lithium Auto Elixirs. We'll be back in just a moment, but first a word from our sponsors, so give them a little love. Buckle up, wax on, wax off. We'll be right back. Years ago, when it was time to renew my collector car insurance policy, my carrier's rates went up way up. But my usage was the same and I never made a claim. I didn't even have a ticket. So what's with that? So I turned to American Collectors Insurance. Has your collector car insurance recently raised your rates for no good reason? Tired of paying an annual membership fee? Then it's time to look around and call American Collectors Insurance. I shopped around. I asked friends for recommendations and found a winner 
that I can trust. And boy, I'm glad I did. I saved hundreds of dollars every year and slept better at night knowing my baby was properly insured. American Collectors Insurance have been protecting vehicles since 1976. They provided me with an agreed value insurance policy backed by their history of taking great care of their clients. What could be better than that? So give them a call and ask for a quote today. 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. And protect the ones you love like I did with American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. 20, 50, or 100 years from now, will there be a workforce to care for the collector vehicles we love? With auto shop programs disappearing across the country, it's a question we enthusiasts have to ask. That's why I support the RPM Foundation, which exists to ensure that the critical skills necessary to preserve and restore these vehicles aren't lost to time. One of the many ways RPM, which is short for Restoration Preservation and Mentorship, is accomplishing this goal is through workforce development initiatives. The RPM Apprenticeship Program enables the next generation of artisans to earn a living while they learn the craft of restoring and preserving these vehicles directly from industry professionals. The Endangered Skills Program documents the process of masters training future craftspeople on a variety of critical skills in danger of being lost forever. For more information on how the RPM Foundation is driving the future of the collector vehicle skills trade, visit RPM Foundation today. They're one of the charities of choice here on Cars Yeah. For several years now, you've heard me talk about Linkage Magazine. I've been a subscriber since the start. Their talented and creative team brings you a spectacular publication and website that shares the automotive passion from a worldwide perspective. Linkage is about driving, restoring, collecting, and first-hand experience at collector car auctions and more. They bring you real-world values plus rational, experienced opinions on the current markets. They cover the automotive world and the people who share our passions. And Linkage Magazine has grown, mailing you six issues annually. Join me on this journey with Linkage. They're geared for the automotive life. You can subscribe at LinkageMag.com. So, Bill, we are back. So I want to talk a little bit about developing this car care brand because my regular listeners know that is a big part of my history going back to uh, having a car detailing business when I was in junior high and high school and college and then all my many years working in a brand of car care products and developing car care products. What brought you down this path? Why car care? Well, you know, I, I, I think, Mark, that the universe has a way of throwing things at you that uh, you need or want in your life. And I was always about cars and I just, you know, I grew up buying and selling them and fixing them up and expressing myself sort of through these cars and, you know, paid for college tuition, did all these things by doing it. And so I would, first thing I would do when I would go buy an old car was think, how, what I'm going to do to the body. I was never really interested in the engine, so to speak, as much as just making it look beautiful. And so I'd put all these waxes on and, you know, they didn't perform that well. And the one thing that I always noticed is I'd put on a, a coat of wax and if you left it on too long, it turned into a hard chalky substance, which took you forever to get off. And, and I just was sort of contemplating this. And a couple of years later, I had started a company that was consuming a ton of my time and I was enjoying it, but it was growing fast. And I had made friends with a chemist who turned into a fly fishing partner of mine. And we were out 
talking one day and I said, hey, Roman, tell me a little bit about what goes on with these car products and why this would turn so hard and chalky. And he's like, well, that's because carnauba wax is a hard as a rock substance and to soften it and emulsify it, companies use solvents. And when the solvents start to flash off, they leave the solids behind, which is the hard carnauba. And so he goes, that's why it's such a pain in the rear to do. And so that got me thinking a couple of days later, I send him an email and I said, I've been playing around and cooking up some stuff. And what if we emulsify it with avocado seed oil? And he's like, he's like, that could work. I go, it wouldn't flash off. It has antioxidant properties and keep your car healthy. (laughs) Yeah. Keep the car healthy. And I was naive back then. I'm thinking antioxidant. Well, I, I equated everything to car paint, oxidation, and, you oh, know, so... <laughs> there you go. A little actually, different, maybe. <laughs> yeah, and I sent him over the formula that I composed, and he said, you know, for not being that bright, you're pretty close. This, <laughs> Gee, thanks, this could buddy. almost work. What are friends for? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I'm like, love you, thanks. And uh, just, he mixed up some for me, and the original product we had was called Autoderm, and... I put it in tubes so it would be different, and I just started putting it in the back of magazines, you know, Excellence Magazine and a bunch of car magazines because that's how you, if you weren't in Pet Boys or Auto Zone, you you weren't selling car products back then, you know, as well before internet and that sort of thing or before it was popular anyway. This stuff went on like butter, and you could leave it on your car indefinitely and go out and wipe it off an hour later, and it just made it even better. And so we started putting these little ads in the back and you know, we're selling a couple of thousand tubes a month, but it wasn't enough to support my family. And I'd already was committed to my other company, which my wife continually reminded me, sweetheart, you know, as honey, uh, maybe you want to focus. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I know. But why other people are golfing, honey, I'm, I'm mixing stuff in a pan. Yeah, Look at me. Yeah. And so she, she just wanted her she pans back. To be right. <laughs> Exactly. And she turned out to be correct. And I, you know, there was just no future for it because I did not have the time or the wherewithal to go and one, either print a catalog and try to go direct as you and I have discussed or go out and try to get with the buyers at these giant chains and brick and mortar stores to get it placed. And it was $19 a tube that, you know, 30 years ago. And so people are like, yeah, that's not going to happen. But there was that specialty about, you know, that specialty market. So I put it on the back shelf and I tried to give the company away. You know, I'm like, hey, it's producing $9,800 a month. You could do something with it. Are you going to give me money to run it? Well, no, I was just going to give you the business. Go run with it. So I let it, I kind of let it go. And as I built my other company and I sold it off 20 years later, I decided, you know what? I'm going to do what I really love to do for the sake of doing it, just for doing my art more than because I want to make a buck. And this will be an interesting thing because money was always the tool. It was always the oxygen. It was always everything that either you were around to fight tomorrow or you weren't based on what your bank account was. And I thought without that being the driving force, what kind of business would you create? And it turned out that you create one that makes very expensive products. <laughs> I say that in jest because I never looked at the margins or anything. I just looked at how would we make products 
that every concourse guy in the world would want on his car because he didn't have to look if it was $29 or $5. It was just the very best. And so that's how we started sourcing things. And that's how we started making the products. And, and that's the genesis of how it came came about. Came from passion and love and uh, all the other things and a lot of hit and miss and learning. And yeah, I understand 100%. Been there, done that. <laughs> so yeah, it's cool. Indeed. Well, so today it's a real company, right? I mean, it's your your company, you run it. And I look at your website, it's very robust, um, very professional. And the products that you're selling, what is the range of products that you offer to your customers? Well, you know, we are doing everything from leather conditioning to restoration to quick detailing products, mainly stuff that was interesting to me that I would use. I could come up with the basics first on my own and then have them tightened up later. We'd always play around with it and then I could tweak it back and forth because honestly, I would drive a chemist bonkers with well, what if we took one part active amino polymer and doubled it? You know, <laughs> sure. oh, you oh, can't yeah. do that. You know, like, so all these different things we would play around with. And then as soon as we thought we were on to something, we would tighten up the formula and launch it. How do we get performance? And then everything else kind of form followed function and went from there. So, but there is that group of people that loves it. Well, I think um, one of the things that makes sense to me is, you know, when you go to market, you can choose where in the marketplace you want to be. And we all know you go to the big box stores or now online and there's so many car care products out there and they range in a very broad range of price points. And even if you look at, let's say, one brand that sells five different car washes and and way way back in time i used to think why would you do that just make the best and sell it well i had the same mindset as you had i didn't understand the business as it relates to try to please everybody so there's a guy that'll come in and buy the cheapest car wash then there's one that'll pay a little bit more then there's one that'll go well i want to buy the top line and then there's a guy who'll say i don't care what it costs if it's the best i will buy it and so those companies were catering to all those. Sounds like you, and in my early career, we were catering to just the best of the best. What's the best we can make and offer it to somebody? And there's a group of segment that people will laugh at you and make fun of you going, you're crazy. No one's ever going to pay that. Well, you're wrong. Uh, think about cars. There's the Kia buyer and there's the Ferrari buyer. And so, yep. you know, uh, cater to that top end. It sounds like that's what you have continued to do is to try to produce, I shouldn't say try, you do produce the best that you can produce that provides the best results. And for that segment of the marketplace, that's who you're catering to. And the rest of the people, uh, they're never going to care about that anyway, because that's not where they're at in their life. They might get there someday by experimenting with your products, but right now they're not there. So my hat's off to you. That's uh, It's a bold way to do it, and it's a, it's a difficult, challenging way to do it, but you're true to your core. Yeah, well, thank you very much. And that's, that's kind of how, how it came about is anything I would mix or blend or put together, you know, if my car buddies came over and were hanging out in the garage with me for a while, I would show them a product that I was playing around with and I would never do that unless I was absolutely ecstatic for them to see the, what the results would be. It wouldn't be just, Hey, yeah, I make a lot of this wax and we're going for volume and you know, our margins are slim, but we're really 
pumping this stuff out. That's just not who I am. It's always about what would I use and what would I share with people that I love? And if I can't make that and make it profitable or make a business out of it, then I kind of bet it in my mind well before with a pencil and a calculator and go, that won't cut it. <laughs> so, Are your products primarily available just on your website? Is that how people access your products? Well, you know, the funny thing is, is I never started that way because I was always a brick and mortar guy that we sold our goods to the likes of in my old company to Cabela's and Bass Pro and these big sporting oh, goods so stores. you're used to dealing with those guys. <laughs> yeah. And I decided I was tired of doing that. I swear I spent 20 years of my life pumping the leg of every buyer, pardon my language, of every <laughs> no, buyer out there. <laughs> Been there, done that. <laughs> it, it, it's a, you know, it's a really, what people don't realize is it is a difficult way to sell products. Now, Amazon has changed that in a way. E eBay's changed that. Yes. There's different ways now. But back in the day, to get a product on a shelf, at least when I started doing it, you had to pay for that. And they wanted these terms that were ridiculous. I'm like, I've got to finance your business for half a year to make this work. Seriously? And that's the only way you could do it unless you went on your own. Now, boutique stores pop up all over the place online. And so you don't have to pump legs, as you say. <laughs> yeah. And, and so that's kind of, we've decided we're going to go direct to consumer. We have also, we're opening up distributors all over the world. And so... You can buy it off of our website. You can buy it at some brick and mortar places, you know, and some specialty detailers will sell it out of the front of their stores. We sell it um, on Amazon. We do sell it internationally, and that's growing really fast for us. And so, you know, multiple distribution channels. And we've, I, I got to be honest, uh, direct to consumer is a fun way to do a business. And, you know, we used to have five major accounts at my old business. And if they called you one day and said, hey, you're going to lose your shelf space, it was devastating. Of you course. Know, to totally turn a, turn a business on its ear and it happened all the time. And so we thought, let's make friends with a lot of different people. And if we're not everything to somebody, it won't be the end of the world. And that's worked out pretty well for us going to direct consumer. And it's not Everyone says, well, that, is that a real business doing that? But you can do tremendous volume. So, you know, we're, we're, we're excited about it. Well, you know, they always say that people blame Amazon for wiping out the little guy, little stores. And in many respects, I, I see how that has happened. However, it has taught a vast majority of consumers that this is an easy way to buy products. And so people now, especially with COVID, people that maybe weren't even buying online were forced to. So now everybody's used to it. It's easy. I mean, I, I hate to say it, but sometimes I need a nut and a bolt. I drive over to the hardware store. Just boom, boom, done. It, it'll be here tomorrow. And, you know, what it you're buying time uh, by doing this versus going out in many cases. So uh, I'm sure I've raised a few eyebrows on that comment, but uh, it's the it's the facts, Jack. That's just the way it is. So I think it's cool. You know, I, I always like to ask my guests a bit about what has inspired them, and if there's been somebody in their how their life that's been very influential or a mentor in some way. Because I've learned after talking to so many people that. This is how we become who we become. And everyone has a story. Is there somebody like that in your life or something that inspired you to move into the area that you're in now? Well, not particularly the area I'm in, but I grew up with a mother. She was a single mom, but never once did she ever not look at her kids and go, you guys can do anything you set your minds to. You can do anything you want. And 
your all genius is just waiting to happen. Well, she was wrong so many times on those things because I'd look up and go, oh, it turns out I cannot do anything I want. Uh-huh. But she gave us all the tools to never be afraid to go out and try it. And even though I know she struggled, she never, never looked at us and said, life's a grind and it's a burden and you kids cost me a lot of money. It was always, no, you can do whatever you want. Yeah, always that uplift. And even if you knew she was embellishing slightly about how something turned out, hey, yeah, that car that you painted looks really great, even though you ruined her garage doing it kind of thing. (laughs) She was always kind of let it go at the right times and, you know, gave you that boost. And so I think that was a big driving force to whatever I can think of. Just go out and do it. Mom says I can. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's just, you, you think of the value of parents that raise children in that light. Um, and so many do. It's it's just spectacular. I had the same. So uh, bravo for that. How about challenges? Because uh, these challenges we face, and no doubt you face a few having had so many businesses. Is there one big one that was a huge learning lesson when you look back on it? Oh, Yes, Mark, and it still gives me anxiety and PTSD. Thinking you got to let it, it go, but, dude. You got to let it go. Yeah, I, I can't. I can't. I want to, and it won't let me go. But, you know, when I was getting ready to exit my company recently that I sold, I knew I needed sort of a, I wasn't ready to retire. I wasn't ready to stop. And so a couple of years prior to doing it, I started a a business in the fitness world, and I hired a bunch of people to do it and thought, okay, they're going to build it up while I am still honoring my contractual obligations and doing everything. And then when I'm ready to leave and my contract is over, I will go jump on and we'll start up and go from there. And it turns out, Mark, that businesses need leaders, not managers. And so to hire people with the expectation that they're going to have the same passion and desire to figure it out as you do is a big misconception. And I just (laughs) ended up losing so much money and having so much heartache and, you know, so much angst over the whole thing that I decided uh, never again will I do it just for the sake of doing it. And so I I won't go into a lot of dirty details because let's just say it hurt financially, emotionally. Yeah. Let me ask you this for listeners out there that might be experiencing or not even know they're about to experience such a thing. Um, Can you elaborate a little bit better on if you had done things differently, how to set yourself up for success, having learned what you learned? Is it as simple as the fact that you have to have, you either have to be the leader or you have to have a leader versus thinking that managers can do do it the way you want to do it? Um, is it that simple or I know there was a lot more complexity. We don't have to get into it, but maybe just one of those learned lessons that somebody listening out there will pick up and go, Oh, don't make that mistake. Here's the thing is I, and you and I talked a little bit about this. The thing that intrigues me most intellectually is turning points for people. You know, how did they go from being a, a guy you know, just a regular guy to George Washington, where did that happen? Or where did you go from being, you know, making computers in your garage to as cliche as it sounds to Apple, where were those turning points that you could have either quit or you could have carried on and you boosted it in that last level. And it turns out that there's a a thing called the J curve and it's a book and I'd read it. And it is so true that every business starts out 
being unicorns and puppies and everything's possible and your friends are congratulating you. And then it comes to the point where all of a sudden you've got the business far enough that now you're depending on cash flow to pay the overhead and you're doing all these things and you start to go down this slope and you get to the bottom of this curve. And when you hit the bottom of the curve, that's where you can't pay your bills. Things are going wrong. Everyone who said they would buy your product was just being nice. And you had to pivot because it didn't really work that well. And now you're changing it, but you're, you're so upside down. You either go back and work and get a job or you push through. And the gentleman who wrote this book, you know, he, he was a venture capitalist and he would watch the turning points as to when you should quit and when you should lean into it and push through the difficulties. And so if you're, if you're looking to start your own business, one, you better love what you love and love what you're doing. And that sounds cliche because everybody says it, but that is going to get you through the hardest moments. When you look up and go, I'm doing this for free, and I would do it for free anyway because I love doing it. That will get you through those moments. But just know that it, it always costs more than you think it will. It always takes longer. So that ability to, to stay in the fight longer than the next guy is, is the key. And to keep analyzing it and saying, what am I doing wrong? What do I need to change? What does this business do right? And if you kind of look at it from those perspectives, there's a science behind it, but there's a lot of luck and a lot of, you can pick the wrong business and, or pick the wrong place to dig a well, let's say, and dig forever and never hit water. So you got to be smart enough to know when do I, when do I change my plan? And so I, I don't know if I rambled there, or if I gave you any, any advice at all. But. The other part of it that comes to mind is seek help. And, uh, Find Indeed. somebody who's smarter than you and ask for their help and get their help, whether it's through a consultant or paying advisors or having people come on board and that are way smarter than you in the area that you're struggling with. And that's where a lot of, of CEOs fail. Hey, I want to talk about your passion for cars, because obviously you go back to that story with the Jeep and the, how that kind of turned your life into realizing you could have fun with cars, make money with cars. What's a special car story for you? I got to tell you, Mark, it's not actually a car. It is a go-kart. And uh, <laughs> I'll try to make the story as painless as possible. But once again, it comes back to that belief that I have that the universe kind of is on your side if you get out of your own way, as you said, and let it do it. And I was coming home from, on a Christmas morning from grandma's house in the back of my mom's car, just took possession of a new... Uh, a new set of red corduroy pants and a sweater that I was lamenting in the back seat. Better than a bunny costume. <laughs> yeah, better than a bunny costume, but not far off. I'm thinking if I wear these pants to school, I'm certainly going to get my butt kicked. Yeah, so, somebody's going to pick know. on me. <laughs> but to make a long story short, we turned the corner and my neighbor friend of me, kid that lived next door to me, was ripping up and down his front lawn in the snow in this brand new go-kart. And I'm just like, you know, jaw drop and lose my breath. And my mom looks out the window. She's ruining his lawn. And I'm just thinking, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, that this is like the fun. greatest moment of all, all time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so I, I, I looked at that go-kart and I dreamed about it every single night. And, and I called my friend Derek and I'm like, did you see what Scott got for Christmas? He goes, I got one too, dude. Oh. And I'm like, oh. no. So friend of me and best friend now have them. And so they kind of unite in their quest to 
And you get to stand around in red corduroys and watch the fun. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So a couple of months goes by. I've actually tried to build a replicate their go-kart out of wood in my garage, which I never opened the garage door because it was embarrassing when I was done. But I'm trying to figure out how am I going to get this thing? So I'm at school playing basketball late one day and we're out on the playground and I realize, oh my gosh, I got to get home. And I start jumping fences on the way home to save time. I jump over one fence, Mark, that I probably walked along or gone past this house a hundred times, Jump, decide to jump over the fence to save time. And when I land and hit the driveway, there is this go-kart leaning against the wall of their garage. And it is all rusted out, but it is a, clearly a go-kart and clearly what I wanted. And I'm thinking to myself, whoa, so I do. And I'm 11 years old. I run out. I'm thinking, I ring their doorbell. Nobody answers. And I'm like, I can't let this go by. So I open their mailbox and get the guy's name off of his mail and run home with it, repeating his name over and over. David Lund, David Lund, <laughs> you know, and I go home and I call information and I say, can I have the number for David Lund in Sandy, Utah? And lo and behold, they gave it to me. I dialed the guy up. And explain, I didn't mean to be in your backyard, but yeah, I didn't I notice you had a go-kart. <laughs> and the guy goes, oh, I forgot all about that thing. He goes, it actually belongs to my son who is on a mission right now. And I get to talk to him on Sunday. And I think this was a Tuesday. And he goes, I'll ask him if he wants to sell it to you. So in turn, Tuesday to Sunday seems like an eternity. I'm waiting. But David Lund, true to his word, called me back and said, my son said he'll sell it but he wants $50. Oh, wow. That's $50. A, lot of, a lot of bucks for 11 year old. Yeah. So I'm, I'm doing everything I can, you know, grabbing money, selling bikes, doing everything. I get about halfway there. And my, my mom says, here, here's 20 more bucks. Go get it. And nice. I'm like, so I run over and get it. And it turns out that the go-kart that you envisioned being so great, once you got back and actually wasn't quite handed like over the thought. cash, <laughs> it wasn't quite there. <laughs> So I'm thinking to myself, okay, we're going to work this out. I get a couple of buddies to help me, much like the CJ5, help me push it back because it doesn't have an engine or anything. And he just piled me up with parts that were in the garage. I don't know what this is for, but take it. And serendipitously enough, I'm out spray painting this thing silver because it's so rusted. I didn't want any of my neighborhood colleagues to see me with it. So I'm like, I got to get this thing spruced up. My neighbor comes out and he's pushing a Troy built tiller. It's spring now. And it's got a broken wheel on it and he's trying to push it on one wheel. So I get up to go help him push it out to the curb to, you know, so he can get it taken away. And I'm asking him what he's doing with it. He goes, well, I'm chucking it. And I look down and there's a Briggs Briggs and Stratton 4.2 horsepower motor sitting on that thing. And I'm like, whoa. So I ask him and Lo and behold, he helps me take it off and it fits. And so we have to run, you know, I get on the bus and go to this place called Welch's Fun Car. And I put, you know, money and I'm buying a torque converter to make it so the chain actually hooks to the wheels and I'm trying to figure it all out. But when we were done, it it was a two-month ordeal. But the go-kart actually beat both my friends in a race that we would have regularly around the block. Yeah, 4.2 horsepower. There you go. (laughs) Yeah, and it had a sprinkler pipe for the muffler because I wasn't getting (laughs) enough power out of the stock tiller. And so to make a long story short, it does work out if you give it time and do you want something bad enough? It actually can can happen no matter what your circumstances are. I love it. Nice, nice story. I love it. Hey, how about, I'm going to play car psychologist a little bit with you here. If you were manifest, reincarnated as a vehicle, what would you be? 
you know, I'd like to say something fancy, oh, like, a, we all would. you know, something pretty. Yeah, but I think the reality of my life is I'm more like a Ford F-150. And get, I get it done. Yeah, well, not even that as much as I can take a, I think the only talent I have is I can take a punch and still start <laughs> in the morning. And uh, that's what my Ford does for me. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> no matter how much I don't pay attention to it, it's just such a great dependable vehicle. I never think twice about it. And I get in my wife's car and I'm looking for lights and warning signals and listening for noises. <laughs> and I'm like, well, that's no way to drive. I never thought twice about mine. So uh, that's, that's probably who I would be, Mark. That makes sense. I've had a lot of F-150s on this show, kind of a get out there and just get it done. Now, you mentioned the book, The J-Curve. Is that a book that you'd like to share? I always ask a guest to share, my guest to share books. Yeah. I mean, if you're thinking about starting a business, I think it does one great thing, this book, and it makes you realize the problems you're experiencing are not unique to you. It's not a gypsy curse that was put on you when you were young, that you would be in pain for a lot of years. He basically lays out these are the phases that a business goes through. And whether this phase is bigger than I'm predicting or smaller or whatever, it doesn't matter. The phase is still there. It's like growing up, babyness to adolescence. And like you'd mentioned with the CEOs, they don't learn because it's an ego thing for them. They're afraid if they're, if they're open to new ideas from outside sources that they're really not getting their, they're not earning their big salary because they're supposed to be the guy with all the answers. And that's not true. If you're not out open to learning and you think your cup's full all the time, then you're never going to get over these hurdles. And I think this book really makes you realize as you start a business, you're not alone. And it kind of gives you expectations of what you can expect. And, but another book I've read recently that I've really enjoyed is it's called Embrace the Suck. And never heard of that one. It's written by, yeah, you're going to have to try this one, Mark, because it was kind of out of the genre of books that I usually listen to on the way to work, but it just popped up on my feed and I thought, well, that's interesting. I'll try. And it's written by a Navy SEAL. And it, it, it's just the psychology and mentality of if you want to live a life of achievement, make friends with pain because that that's that's its side cart. And if you want to lead the life of comfort and not do much and go to your grave and not have left anything behind, then that's fine. Days are easy. It was simply a book that said, you know, there are no easy days if you're trying to build something, if you're trying to get somewhere, if you're trying to, you know, help people or be empathetic or do these things. So embrace it and enjoy that part of it and go from there. But that's a read that kind of floored me because that's not usually the type of thing I listen to. And I was like, wow, that guy nailed it. So very cool. Well, I'll put both those books on Bill's show notes page. As you know, we love books here and there's a great place on the Cars Yeah website called Guest Recommended Books. There's over 2,500 books listed there and I've made it real easy for a quick click to buy. So before I let you go today, I'm going to enable you to go on the ultimate drive, which means I'm going to buy you any car in the world. You can take it anywhere <coughs> in the world and you can go with anybody, even somebody from the past who's no longer with us, what does the ultimate drive look like for you? Well, I got, I got to tell you that uh, <laughs> I, would, I would, the ultimate drive for me, and I'm not a religious guy or anything, but I have a lot of questions. I think I would invite God. And <laughs> you're, you know, you're the only, and I'm shocked at this, only the second person that has ever said that, which, yeah, is pretty cool. So, all right. So if you're going for a drive with God, uh, that begs the question, what are you going to be driving? Well, I think God's driving, and if oh. <laughs> he has a car, 
it would it would be a Carrera 4S ragtop, <laughs> and um, <clears throat> I think that that would be the, his car of choice. And and if he didn't show up, it would answer half my questions right off the bat about existence and things like that but i would i would be doing a lot of talking so he'd be better driving because i would not be concentrated (laughs) i like that nice (laughs) so that would be that would be my ultimate drive all right i love it very cool you've taken us on a fun drive today a fun journey and i want to thank you for spending some quality time with us before i let you go could you share maybe a success quote or words of inspiration Let's see if I, so one that I always, uh, always liked, my grandpa would tell me this and he would just look at me and go, Billy, I got to tell you something. It is better to rule in hell than serve in heaven. And I used to look <laughs> at him like, what do you mean by that? Grandpa was totally right though. You would rather have your own gig and have problems left and right, but be the ruler of your own destiny than, you know, live in somebody else's dream, but live it in comfort and no worries. And it resonated to me one day as I was going home about ready to have our second child and thinking how I was going to make payroll at the same time, but try to act joyous about the arrival of our new baby, thinking, would we be able to keep our house? And then I kind of, that clicked me and I thought, okay, so I'm going to be a ruler in hell and (laughs) see how it works out. (laughs) And it actually did. There you (laughs) go. Thank you, Grandpa. Nice words of of inspiration (laughs) and wisdom. So how can people learn more about lithium? Well, they could go to our website if they'd like. It is lithiumautocare.com, or they could, uh, you know, do a number of things on YouTube. We do a bunch of stuff there on how-tos, and we did a little series there on called Detail and Bail, where we would go out and buy a car for three grand, and we would actually show the process of how we develop products to fix the nuances of any car that we would buy. And in the end, we would turn around and flip the car, and you could go and if you had questions or anything, we'd actually send you samples of the product so you could see what we were doing and how you did it. So they could either go through that route or they could, you know, simply jump on our site. There you go. I'll put links to those on Bill's show notes page on the Cars Yeah website, or they're easy to find, alithiumautocare.com. Check them out. Bill, thanks for being so generous today with your time and sharing your experiences and what you've built. Congratulations to you. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down a very shiny road. Indeed, Mark. Thank you so much. It's just been a pleasure. I've enjoyed it and I love your podcast. Great fun. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.